and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm John. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gonzo. John's on his way back. <laughs> that is Kathy right below me. Um, welcome to episode 161. Yay! I remembered it this time. 161. I can hardly believe it. Baydon says he's having problems picking out an Age of Sigmar army. Uh, can't help you there, buddy. I don't have one anymore. Mine went poof into the great void. Trying to pick out an Age of Sigmar army. Like... I would say that if I was going to go for another Age of Sigmar army, I would probably go somewhere with the lowest model count that I could get. <laughs> and I'm John. You're already late. So, ogres? <laughs> Probably ogres. Um, let's go ahead and get the business out of the way. We want to thank, we are a creature caster, by the way, where we do at times paint uh, creature caster models. Uh, we will be, I will probably be doing some painting on those pretty soon because of a, uh, because of uh, judgment models coming up from them pretty soon. Uh, so, you'll probably see, uh, see me paint some of those. Uh, we want to thank Tectonic Craft Studios. By the way, Dan is now Twitch streaming. I should have told him to come by so we can give him a shout out. Um, but he is Twitch streaming. Um, Captain Minzy, can you find his Twitch stream um, link and kind of post that up so you can follow him? He uh, decided to do some Twitch streaming on his stuff that he makes, painting and building. So take follow and give him a listen. Um, also, we want to thank, of course, Metalhead Minis. Everybody knows Lynn. We love her to death. <clears throat> she's hosting a lot of our stuff so we can sell it and try to get a little bit of money back to help us out um, to, uh, you know, defer costs and such. Uh, we also want to thank um, <clears throat> Muse on Minis. They help us distribute out our files and our audios for everybody to hear, which, by the way, we have a ton of things. We are a multi-platform, multi-everything stream now. Uh, not only do we do a podcast on Sunday... But uh, Kathy streams Tuesday through Thursday on painting, uh, but also on Friday she reads from a book, and you get to listen to a story. Uh, Kathy, what uh, story are you reading right now? Which uh, Conan book are you on? I am reading a uh, a story of Conan the Sumerian, otherwise known as Conan the Barbarian, and it is called The Hour of the Dragon. By Robert E. Howard, originally published in five episodes, five episodes, five <laughs> issues of Weird Tales magazine, and uh, in 1935 and 1936. So, we're on chapter. So, what, your grandma was in her teens that came out. Yeah. Wow. Camp, yeah, I mean, when you frame it like that, it's uh, it's crazy because I can't imagine my grandma ever reading anything like that because it's so, like the the one I read before this one, uh, the People of the Black Circle was very risque. This one actually, it has, it might have more violence, but it has a little bit less of the the risque stuff about it so far, but this is a longer story. 
This is a longer book, so there's plenty of time for that to happen. Yes. Later. Uh, but yeah, they're they're just as cheesy as you would imagine they would be. That's why Friday is Pulp Fiction Friday. That's why they call it Pulp Fiction. It's you know, it's it's cheesy. Uh, so I've read some Lovecraft, and I've read uh, an earlier Conan adventure, and now I've got another Conan adventure, and I'm sure I'll find some more. These are all uh, fair use, so there isn't anything that is... How surprised would I be if my grandma was a fan of Conan? I'd be incredibly surprised. I do know she's a fan of Red Skelton, though. <laughs> Which is a completely different thing. Uh, I know how you made the connection, but fair. Yeah. Um, you know. Then also, um, John, on Mondays, streams MechWarrior Online, um, where he gets to blow up a bunch of robots and yell at things. <laughs> Not so much yelling. I tried to get salty. I blow up some robots. <laughs> blow up big robots. Uh, and on top of all of that, uh, I do two RPG streams. Uh, not technically streams, records. And we release them on all of our audio feeds. Uh, so everybody can hear what we're doing. Uh, I'm, running, I'm running one campaign, which is a 5th edition, the Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Um, and it's actually a lot of fun. And it is super goofy, super fun. Super silly, and it's gotten a little out of hand quite quickly, but quite greatly entertaining. Isn't that every RPG, though? Yeah, this one, this one is definitely... Well, like, the two games that I play, uh, the Dragon Heist I run. I run it with a couple of old friends that um, I used to do um, D&D with back in the early 90s. And we reconnected, and we wanted to do this. And a Captain Mizzy and some new friends... Uh, Damon from uh, the Minority Report podcast. And it is it is pretty funny uh, of what's going on. Uh, and then the other one I play in is run by Becca, and it is the Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. And it's a bit more serious uh, type thing, a little less, you know, silliness. But um, starting on spring break, I will, really, I will be releasing episodes of uh, the what we're calling Gangs of Waterdeep um, campaign, uh, which is going to be focusing all around Waterdeep and uh, all of that type of thing. So we'll be releasing those. The Rime of the Frost Maidens are already released, so that's out there. Um, so we have a ton of things for y'all to listen to, watch. Uh, not only other two other podcasts that like to. Uh, distribute through us so if you think there's something you want to see or hear let us know we probably either have it or we'll try to find and do it uh, or if there's a movie you want us all three to review at the same time let us know because we'll definitely try to do that too. yeah so far we haven't we haven't got anybody to uh to request any movie that they want all three of us to watch and and talk about correct and and, and that's like yeah, I think that would be interesting. I think the last one we all did at the same time was Gonzo's favorite movie. What, Ready, Ready Player, Player One? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> so uh, I'll make right. 
Not only have I seen Megaforce, I've seen Megaforce. I've seen the Rift Travis version of Megaforce. I own Megaforce. Megaforce oh, is on my man. list. That's no. one of the that's one of the movies that uh, I will soon be watching. Is that easily that's accessible like, for all to watch? I have that in my that's a browser tab I have open so that I remember it too. And Gonzo, it's easy accessible for me because I own it. I mean, it's Megaforce. You don't own Megaforce? What's wrong with you? Don't own Megaforce. Sorry. Uh, one second. Let us see. I can only check certain things. That is, yeah, that is. Uh, it's not free. I mean, so the Rift Tracks version's free on Amazon Prime, but the rent version's three bucks to rent. A buck ninety-nine on Amazon. On it, what like to buy the DVD or to rent the? It's thirty bucks on Blu-ray. Holy shit! That's oh my god. No, I see it two ninety nine, but it's still not much. All right, who said? I can do that. Oh God, Condor Man. Condor oh man. man, that is an oldie. Okay, so let's let's see. We do Mega Force. All right. All right. So can we all get Mega Force watched by uh, Sunday? By next week? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sure. All right. Mega Force. It is. We will watch Mega Force and give it our specific rating uh, next Sunday. Uh, that yes yes all right well, let's go ahead and switch over to the paint cam because i am uh, going to be doing some painting i think we skipped something gonzo oh wait we did we went on and rambled and just went crazy um let's go and go with our drinks it's kathy post ramble <laughs> uh kathy what are you drinking today uh right in my hand right now is ginger tea and what else are you going to be drinking later i have uh i have gin and tonic next to me and water. And water. But yeah, I'm enjoying my my ginger tea right now. Okay, John, what are you drinking today? Uh, I have a dark and stormy. Which is give us a, anytime you anytime you give us a drink, you got to give us what's in it. If it's not like gin and tonic. I mean, well, that's pretty I'm much all that's in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's cracking rum, uh, some lime juice, which I do not suggest smelling the bottle of it. That's not bueno. And then it is ginger beer on top of that. Okay, uh, you drank it before, so how much yeah. of uh, what what's what's the uh, mixing ratio? Oh, you want the ratio? I do yeah. three ounces of uh, of rum, uh, three fourths of an ounce of lime juice, and then a full twelve ounce uh, ginger beer. But that's because I make a uh, a large size. You one. make a mug. Yeah. And the the lime's sort of to taste, you know, you don't want to go too much with it because it'll sometimes overpower, and you don't want that. Uh, I am drinking good old-fashioned water today. Um, I just needed to do, get some good water in me today because I feel like I'm a little dehydrated, and so I'm going to do that. Um, do we have any shout-outs? Any, um... I'm pretty sure Captain Busy sent you one. Uh, there was, there was, uh, Captain Mizzy did send me, there was a, a member of the Stargate, um, Cliff Simon, uh, Cliff Simon, he was on Stargate, he played ball, uh, he passed away in a freak accident, uh, with the parasail gliding or whatever, um, just this last week, um, it was just kind of weird, um, but yeah, it was like a kiteboarding accident. Uh, and he passed away. Uh, yeah, and uh, Marvin, Marvelous Haggard, I think is what it was, that passed away. 
Oh, did he? Yeah. I seen... Yeah, I think that just came by like yesterday or today. Look here. Um, sorry, there's actually a lot of. I mean, there's always a lot when you go on to. Yeah, marvelous Marvin Hagler, the uh, boxer. Yeah, he passed away uh, recently. That's too bad. Um, don't. I'm just taking a quick look here. That was the only ones I know that came up quickly. Yeah, I don't see anything else. But again, I'm just taking a quick explosive view of these, looking for. Right. But in any case, to them and to everyone who passed. Cheers. Cheers. You know what? We need another toast to somebody who's an acquaintance of mine that I knew on the Ren Fair circuit, on the Renaissance Festival circuit, uh, years ago when I was on the road and he had been a performer up till recently for years and years and he had a show called the dead bob show and his name is clark orwick and uh and i did know him and but we weren't super close i haven't seen him in 25 years but he passed away this week and and there's a whole world of run fair friends of mine who are grieving too so clark Cheers. Hey, Phoenix Paper. Welcome to the channel. Okay. Um, Y'all are almost ready to catch up on Kathy uh, having to read a chapter. Um, you can stop donating to Stop Being Weird with Gonzo uh, because that's going to be canceled and we'll refund all those points. But uh, Kathy's in on. And you can just spend all those on John on his community challenge. That would be really uh, False and false. Canceling... <laughs> Canceling Gonzo. Now you only got fourteen percent left, Gonzo. Shush. Kathy's only it got like two. Take effect until next week. I know. <laughs> Let's go and switch over the paint cam because I wanted to talk about something. So this is the model we've been painting. Da, 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 da. I love this model. It looks like a badass. But if y'all remember, we started and I didn't get to finish because you know it's kind of me type thing. But I started working on this model. Let me get my glasses on and rotate camera. Um, I started working on this model, and I really like the way that the armor came out on this. Yeah. Because uh, uh, it was just the simple dry brush and then using... Um, uh, a liquid brown for the rust and going with it and then dry brushing back over. Then we started to do the glow and I was testing and like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Started working. Got the glow. The glow. Cause Showing he's the last up. dragon. <laughs> so I wanted to work and do the same thing on this model. So on this model, uh, I'm going to dry brush the entire metal um, and the armor plating I'm going to put rust on it uh, with on every bit except for the chainmail. Uh, the chainmail, I want to kind of leave it a little bit bright uh, compared to everything else because the smoky cloud cloak, whatever you want to call it, 
but it's going to be black and I'm going to be using the Pro Acryl black on here because it is very, uh, very, very, very dull and it looks really, really good. Just pure black. Uh, Gonzo, yep. Beanie, I would like to know where these models are from. It's going to be funny. Go ahead, tell them. Uh, these models are from Privateer Press. This is the Infernal models. Uh, this is Osmodus, or however you pronounce it. Um, but this model, um, one of the things I'm going to do is I did get, um, is this it? Yeah, I did get, um, the Reaper clears in, and I am going to use on the basic one, if you can click the, what it, what it, what is it? The inside the coils of the cloak and, and the divots is like red and it's like more red down here and then everything, but I want to do purple. So I'm going to use the Reaper clear purple in it. So that's where we're going to get the glow and kind of creepy things. Cause I'm going to just put a little bit of white inside there. So the first thing I'm going to do is I need to touch up a little bit of black because while the big part of this model is resin, the top part is metal, and I kind of scratched it up a little bit today on accident. So I'm just going to put a little bit of resin on. and metal? Yes. Uh, the bottom half... Welcome uh, to Primary Press. Yeah. Is resin, because it's a huge chunk of resin. The top part is metal. Uh, the arm and the... Uh, Weights, uh, flails, I guess you want to call it, are metal. Yeah, I wouldn't want those uh, flails and resin because those fuckers are break. Yeah. And that's kind of pretty much what they did. I, I mean, they I might have metal too, but it would take a lot of back and forth. Yeah. So I did um, purchase a entire, if you didn't follow me on Facebook or whatever, I did pick up a large... I wouldn't say pick it up. Uh, Infernal Army. Pretty much the entire faction. Uh, with some multiples. Uh, this last week. Uh, because I'm getting ready to start being able to go back and play a few games. Um, and the game is going to be played uh, tournaments. And it's going to be just small tournaments. Um, which the store does... Uh, social distancing and limits the game space and everything else. So it's going to be, you know, not too bad. Masks are required, blah, 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 um, type thing. So I wanted to start playing with a new faction. And the new faction I went with was, of course, Infernals. Because Kathy would like Infernals because they have a lot of demon creatures. I um, like demons. They have some really cool-looking demons. Um, you would you would like the models. They look pretty neat. It does look like fun. Yeah, they're really cool looking. I like them a lot. I, I like the aesthetic of them. Um, well, there's a uh, Gonzo actually had a bunch of uh, credit from getting rid of other stuff, so he's just turning stuff into different stuff. Yeah, um, for everybody to know, I, last week I went to their game store and I traded in a ton of things and purchased, used, used my store credit to purchase this stuff. Uh, yeah. I've been a long-time contributor, buyer, purchaser, helper out, whatever you want to say for this game. It's store. a circle of stuff. Yeah. You get stuff, use some of the stuff. The stuff you don't use, you eventually take, give to the store for different stuff. Yeah. 
And it's easier because then the store makes money off of my stuff that I'm no longer using, but I get to get stuff without having to spend any of my own personal money. Plus, it's always good because almost a, a lot of the used stuff that's like a big profit margin for them. Because that, Captain Missy, that is rude. What? So uh, he didn't even gift me anything for helping him carry all his stuff in. Whatever. <laughs> she didn't pay me for gas to drive out there, so how about that? <laughs> pay you for gas to drive your stuff up there? She rode up with me. She didn't even buy me lunch for her, like being nice and letting her ride in the front seat instead of forcing her in the back. She's totally going to whoop your ass. I want you to know that. <laughs> you might want to make sure your doors are locked properly. <laughs> I don't know. She's coming into the wall like Kool-Aid, man. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what I did is I've been debating it and thinking about it for the last few months or so. Uh, I have a lot of stuff that I just never played with or that I didn't play enough for me to hold on to it. And it was a lot. I mean, I had a hundred semi-board games type thing. So, I mean, I was... I mean, I, I'm going to say that's at least five times how many I have. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly yeah. closer to ten times. I don't hold, own a lot of board games, but... Yeah. Well, locally, the thing is... is... Some of them, a lot of them, I never paid for because I, anytime I go to a tournament, I would, and I, I won, you know, a raffle or the prize pool or whatever. I would just, you know, use that store credit and buy, you know, another board game. And I, I did keep some of them, not all of them. Um, and so I got rid of most of my collection and, you know. Turned all that collection into store credit. Yeah. Stuff and other stuff. It's all good. Yeah. I mean. I've been doing that with uh, old GW stuff for a while, you know. Occasionally someone's like, oh, my God, I need catagens. I'm like, I mean, I, I got catagens. You want some catagens? And I get a good deal. I gave them a great deal because I got it from Games Workshop at prices so low you guys don't want to hear about them. Yeah. Because, I, I mean. mean I, I traded in a couple of armies that I don't play anymore. Like, I got rid of all my Age of Sigmar because no one around here plays Age of Sigmar anymore. Um, traded in two of my 40k armies because I, I don't see myself having more than one 40k army. Uh, yeah, I do, but only because I get overexcited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's one of my faults in that is I get overexcited and suddenly... You know, I not only have the army I want to play, I've got these cool Death Watch models because I always used to love them back in the day, and now i got a ton of Death Watch. So I, I'm, I'm thinning the herd, as to say, and just only play with, you know... I have my Kador. Um, I have my uh, Night Watch. I have my Necrons. I have my Grimkin. Um, I have the Infernal Army. Because it's it's a small army, so I don't have to, there's you're not buying multiples of a lot of things, and there's not going to be a lot of releases for it, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, so it was all good. It was cleaning out the closet. There it says I've got to try to flip my fourth Ed Tyranid starter army. Yep. I wait fourth edition. 
that's 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 a while ago. Yep. I think that ship sailed. That hive fleet sailed. Uh. <laughs> Just like my uh, space marines from Fourth yeah. Ed, my dark angels—they're completely obsolete. I I look at stuff and I'm like, if someone ever said like, "Oh, hey, I want like a retribution army," I'm like, "I got a retribution army. I got you covered, dog." Even though the army's been around so much, might as well be a venereal disease for Christ's sake. But you know, I don't I don't look out of my way. I don't need to get rid of it. It's not taking up an overabundance of space. I've gotten rid of so much GW stuff it defies description. Well, see, I also got rid of a bunch of uh, role-playing games, too, because I was like, um, I've gotten my use out of them, I got what I want, I got the information, I'm happy, and I just got rid of a bunch of RPGs. We might get rid of more stuff when Bane and I clean up and, and start setting stuff up so we can game more and all that. And I really think with the amount of alcohol stuff we're getting, we might need a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Top got... of the fridge is getting kind of full. Been there, done that. <laughs> Yes, the spring and summer will be the great cleaning. Cleaning. The cleaning. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, because I've got, I mean, I got a table we can fold out, we can play. I kept so, my Marvel I mean, Crisis, so I mean, there's that. Yeah, we can play that. Uh, he's also got uh, uh, Legion. He's got Infinity. He's got 40k. We got a bunch of stuff we can play. Coming up with a game to play will not be a problem. He's also got Armada and X-Wing, even though, I mean, X-Wing's fun, but... X-Wing to me is just a good, you know, quick and you can have fun with it and you're done. Yeah, every time we play it, though, it just still seems flawed. Do you get? I'm not like, like, oh my god, this thing's broken. It's like, it's not quite there. I don't know, maybe it's just because the way we're playing just always feels not quite there. All right, so now I'm just going to go and do the simple dry brush, make it quick and easy. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm using uh, Army Painter's Plate Metal, I think is what it is. Use yeah. use the metallic of your choice. I actually prefer, um, uh, what the hell is the company? One second. AL-75. Thank you. AL-75 Black Metal. <laughs> Don't know. Because it. so. it's, uh, well, and get on that shit. Um, Maybe I can use because it's it's really good. Pizza. It's a good, very dark metal. So your base is, I mean, if you look like what Gonzo's painting is not terribly dark. It's not it's not bright to begin with, but it's darker than that. It's just a good base. It gives you yeah. also having multiple different tones of just generic metal makes things so much easier. That way, yes. Sometimes you don't need to wash it, and boy, because sometimes those washes come out weird. Being able to just actually highlight the metal up is great. Yeah, uh, and it's funny because I've always painted non-metallic metal. That's kind of how I started back in the early days because I drew my inspiration from uh, Confrontation Minis and their catalog. And they did some incredible watercolor style uh, painting. It was this French company. They had all these French artists painting their models and uh, they were yeah. beautiful. And at the time, that's what I aspired to. So that's the direction in which I approached my non-metallic metals, all my, all my metals. Uh, so I didn't really know how to paint with metallic paints. 
Which is a funny statement to hear, but I know what you mean. And uh, it's actually from watching Gonzo paint <laughs> with the metallics that, that gave me a better idea of how to approach painting with metallic. Metallics are, are easy to do okay, but they are really tough to do great. Like, you can get to that, oh, that's fine level real quick, but to get like, holy shit, that's amazing, you need to really work on that. I feel like to to get to holy shit, that's amazing, you, you, you need to know as much as anybody who paints non-metallic metal. Absolutely. I agree. Like the, the, the joke that metals are easy to paint. Yeah, like I said, to the point, but to master they're just as hard as non-metallic metals really yeah and see like a lot of people will paint it on like you would normally paint a, a normal paint of a metallics you know use it just put it in there and then you highlight it and wash it and so on and so forth and to me i don't like that look it doesn't look you know it's kind of weird natural in the sense because it's i i like the undercoating and i like the the blackness that comes through from dry bra dry brushing metal. I think it, it, it gives it more of a realistic feel, in my opinion. Make right says if you're painting entire two thousand plus point armies, NMM becomes difficult. Oh, yeah. But oh, I'll oh, tell yeah. you, I've done that. Yeah. I've done that. Oh. My husband's done that. And because we just have always painted NMM, it's 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 really no different for us. But if you're going with the, you know, I just want to paint a tabletop quality and get them out on the table to play. Mm -hmm. Now that's a that's a whole different process. And well, doing this uh, just a quick, you know, dry brush like this is gonna give you a really nice look, and it's gonna take uh, much less time. So, oh yeah, you know, and, and like that's for sure. Um, Paint something like, let's say, like a Gondor army, something that, that strikes me as being very metal all the way around. You can do that quickly with that and then just a little bit of touch-ups on top of it. So where, you know, non-metallic metal feels to me like it would take a lot longer to get to the same point. But then again, you guys have been doing it the whole time, so it's second nature. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a matter of what you're used to. And we're just watching Gonzo paint uh, dry I mean... brushes. Uh, <laughs> what kind of a brush are you using for that dry brush, Gonzo? This I always an... get asked that. A that's army painter up. hobby dry brush. That one's been used a lot down yes. a little bit. Yeah, this, um, this is one of my dry brush brushes. That I mean, I mean, because I don't care. I, I like the the bristles to be all kind of out and flayed because it gets into the cracks really well that I need to yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, when you, you're doing that, because actually, yeah. funny, dark brushing, you don't want stuff in the cracks, that's sort of the point, but yeah. when you're just putting like a, uh, what would you call that, a light base coat or a heavy, heavy brush, I wouldn't call it a heavy dry brush, but when you're putting that on, I mean, it's fine, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, when you want the, the paint to just skip over the top areas. Yeah. And it already looks good. See, yeah. This is, and 
and then do just doing that touch of rust on the other one like you did just uh it really adds weight yeah a little bit of rust a little bit of maybe other color here or there and then that cloak and that model's absolutely tabletop yeah i mean so what i'm gonna do with it now is i'm gonna do a quick wash with it uh just to kind of get the black back down in it and then i'll go back with the rust and then dry brush over it again but while i'm waiting for the quick i would do the cloak first because you wanted the base coat on so you see where it messes up sort of well, I'm going to have to do the, the cloak next, uh, the cloak last, because I'm going to do another dry brush over the rust, because I know I'm going to mess up. And... Well, use, a, use an actual dry brush for that and just contain it to the points where you need it. You should be fine. There is very few points I see where the actual flat metal where you put rust is uh, directly adjacent to the cloak. It's mostly uh, the chainmail, which you said you weren't going to put rust on, so it should be fine. Correct. But so, knowing me, I'll fuck it up. <laughs> when you, after you do the rust, are you, when you do your second dry brush, are uh -huh. you going to use a slightly lighter color? Yes. Uh, I will use a mix of the shiny silver and the black and just kind of elevate it up just a little bit. Okay. Not leave it, you know, the same because it just, because it's supposed to be a little guess worn on the highlights of that i guess you want to say yeah it'll be worn, worn and or polished a bit yeah well sharp because that's where you know it gets the most wear on it so it's going to be shinier there yeah so i'm just going to do a little bit of no oil quick over it um i did i did well, link what to would a we picture. do if we didn't have like no oil and shit <laughs> i just stopped painting i ain't gonna lie Fuck, it'd be too much, too difficult for everything. Is null it glossy null oil or regular null oil? Regular null oil. I don't even know if I have a glossy null. I think I do. I just don't know where it's at. I don't think I would gloss it. I would wait till the end. If I wanted to gloss it, I would hit it with a uh, gloss varnish when you varnish it. But I varnish my hands. So it's a lot easier for me to do that. What is null oil? It's actually a black wash. Uh, here it is. Oh. Uh... Uh, no, no oil. I have actually, no oil in my hand. Yeah, it's just a black, very liquidy. And and Banyan, uh, it's actually technically Agrax Earth Shade or Devlin Mud is liquid talent. Yeah, no oil because is really good for paint the whole model and then put the whole thing in. Agrax or Cedar Devlin Mud, and your model will look fine and perfectly for tabletop. It's it's like the old Minwax. Just GW's like, oh no 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 more of that Minwax shit. Use our use our washes, and everyone was like, okay. Yep, that's a big bottle of known oil. Known oil. Jesus, that has not come off the tongue well. But I mean, just using it's it just to <laughs> add a little oh, bit of depth. Cucumandus Minwax is literally like wax you would put on wood to stain it's it. A, it's a brand. It's yeah, a brand, it's a brand name of wood stain. Uh, and it then was... Army Painter made a dip because I have some. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal in the oh, mid 2000s. There were a lot of armies painted like that. It's where I learned that who cares what 
technique they're using. There's no right and wrong way for a model, you know. You know, if it's it's painted, they put the work in. Who cares if they just painted the basic colors and put that shit in Minwax? Does it work? Works. Job's a good one. I did strip some ogres, uh, some metal ogre man-eaters that I got from a friend of mine who did... He loved the dip technique where he would paint something uh, like that. rotting flesh color. Like, that's the... That's the Games Workshop light greenish color. Yeah, I love that color. And uh, and I always liked that color too, but he would paint the whole thing in that color and then just dip it in a brown minwax. And frankly, they looked like poop. Yeah. So I bought them off of him for next to nothing because he just wanted to get rid of them and strip them. And you know, I have said, I don't usually strip bottles but but when you do a minwax dip, if you're gonna, you can't paint over that. I mean, you could. It would just be a but pain that in the ass. that that minwax liquid gets in the crevices. So if I were to paint over it, it would obliterate a lot of yeah. the details. Yeah. So I had to strip them. Yeah, honestly, making washes that could do that was one of GW's best moves because it upped everyone's game and made it so they didn't have to use something out of the industry, let's say, to do it and end up sticky like Legionnaires has had a problem with. You know, it, it again, right tool for the right job at this point. It became the right tool for the right job. Uh, and Banyan, when you're painting hundreds of skeletons, you don't need to min-wax them. You can just wash them. Actually, I did a hunt, I did the hundred skeletons old school where I would, uh, you know, you paint them brown, you dry brush them white, you wash the white in a sort of yellowish brown or a black, or whatever you want, and then you dry brush it back up with a little bit of bone and a little bit of white. I feel like with skeletons, though, if you're just doing, like, white or off-white, and you dip them, that's something that would work, because skeletons just have that that shape oh. that, that yeah. works oh, yeah. well with it. Just like when people started using contrast paints, they realized that things that have a lot of little organic details... Uh, the contrast paints work much better on those than mm -hmm. things that have large, flat, or broad surfaces. I would totally contrast paint them to begin with now. Well, the point I was making is that it, it doesn't take long to do all that. Right. Like, right. literally, a base coat, you know, a wash, a dry brush, maybe another light dry brush. That's, with the drying time for Minwax, you're probably in about the same time. And sure, it's quote-unquote easier but not if you ever need to go back and do something. If your skill's up and you want to make them look a little bit better, that minwax becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 actually, the minwax takes a lot longer to dry because uh, and it gets really tacky if you don't get it off enough. Use the word sticky. Legionnaires made sure that was abundantly clear in the chat room. Yeah. Sticky. 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 <laughs> and I, I don't blame him for not painting after that for a while. I never actually, I, even not being much of a painter myself, uh, I never minwaxed. It didn't feel i mean it didn't feel like a painting technique but also i didn't necessarily like the way it looked you know and that's saying something come from you know mid 90s or mid mid 2000s john oh uh another thing i'm going to do with this is after you know i've got the metal after i've got it painted and everything i'm going to do a snow base um going to do like the base is going to be brown or gray and dry brush up a little little bit of white and everything, but I'm I bought that um, green stuff frosting. 
Uh, frosting. Mm. Uh, I want a cupcake. Thanks, Gonzo. <laughs> frosting. Oh, cream cheese frosting. Mm, maybe regular frosting. And maybe I want to put that on frosting. the bottom. Mm. So I want to try that. I'm going to try it on my yak. Test it out on my yak monk. And then if I like the way it looks, I'll do it on this model. So I think I missed what color his robe is going to be. Is it just going to be black or are you doing other stuff? Will there purple. be object source? It's going to be an purple. It's, it, inside the folds are going to be purple. Uh, someone type, what is it? And uh, if you click on that, Kathy, you can see the okay. picture of how they do like a glowing black you know, the the red. Oh, I see. And so I'm going to do purple instead of red. So they're doing they're doing that the same flame technique that I talk about, where you start really light in the crevices, and then that's what gives it that glowy yeah. feel to it. So while I'm waiting for that non oil to dry, that's going to be really cool. And I like the purple because I, I kind of tested it out, uh, the Reaper purple, to be the, see if it was a color of purple I like. I don't Will like the real dark one. you be painting white into the crevices so that the purple is bright enough? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got, I'm going to try using that uh, ink, that white ink I have, okay. and using that to go in there. Do you have fluorescent paint, like pink? I do have fluorescent colors, yeah. Because uh, I feel like if you mix a little fluorescent pink with that purple, that's going to make it even go brighter, more you intense. That sounds awesome, actually. I'm not gonna lie. Once I get and it won't, it won't, it won't look fluorescent, but it'll, it'll just lend this sort of intensity to that purple color. Hold yeah, it takes a lot, actually, I think, to make some of those fluorescent colors actually look fluorescent. You have to do a bunch of coats, but they're pretty cool. I'll use some on some of my uh, ad mechanisms. Like this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the pink you're talking about? There's some, there's some pink like that because that fluorescent pink doesn't have any white pigment, so it's not, it's not going to make your color... It's not going to really change the... The, the value of your color. It's not going to make it lighter. Oh man, mine it is... will definitely punch up the intensity. Mine is definitely settled. Look at that. All on one side. Oh, they do that, oh, yeah. too. Yeah, that one I shook up before I showed it on the camera because I was like, oh, this is actually... Oh, it's probably going to need a ball bearing before I use it again. That's fine. I think I need to change how I store my paints because they're all stored on their... Uh... Um, their side. Uh, Cookie Mandis, I have two paint shakers. I call it right and left. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it, it's not a bad tool and especially good if you have any sort of problem with an elbow or something <laughs> would catch you, stop you from doing this. Legionnaires had this discussion, I think, uh, Monday. And uh, I have no problem with them, but I am not going to spend my limited funds on that. I have a, little, a paint shaker oh. and it's just one that you put in and then you hit the button and it does its thing, and I find that I don't use it. I didn't pay a lot for it, so I wasn't, you know, too worried about it. But yeah. I don't, I don't use it as much. 
If I painted more seriously, I probably would. I want a paint shaker uh, from for some prize support at Adepticon one year, and I don't remember who made it. But when I, it, it had a band, and you're supposed to fit the mm-hmm. the jar in in this band, this like rubber band or whatever, and uh, then you turn it on, and it it shakes it back and forth. And my paint flew out of this thing across the room. <laughs> and I said. You're like, F this. Yeah. I oh. didn't use it. But here's I, my. I, uh, I gave it my, to somebody else. My counter for paint shakers. Just get some of these. At retail price in, you know, the premier packaging like this. You want unquote. the kind that aren't going to rust. Yeah, well, this is from. This is from uh, Mig Games, so I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Uh, th- this was four bucks, and I've used them for two years. Or, and you can see I still have a bunch left. You can use glass beads. I've seen glass people beads. use glass beads. Uh, you can use. Uh, right, Jim right. actually just uses pieces of metal sprues, off of uh, or bits off of metal models that he has to to cut the bases off. Mm-hmm. And that works too, but yep. yeah, that's yeah. There's plenty of things. Just look on there. Like honestly, especially if you end up changing your bottles. Like I know some people. There's these new caps that fit on GW bottles that make them dropper, which is super cool. I'm not sure I want to buy a bunch of them because that's a lot of money potentially. But when they show it, when they do it, they take it off. They put one glass bead or a stainless steel ball bearing in there. Then put the new topper on, shake it up, gets it nice, and you... it's not a bad idea. Especially if you end up changing your paint pots to dropper bottles, which a lot of people are starting to do. I, I've seen people also, you know, and this is something I did with Games Workshop stuff, is I would take the back of a paintbrush, the back end of a paintbrush, and just stir my paint mm-hmm. up that way. And that worked really well. Well, I mean, I got toothpicks for that. And that works, too. And a lot of these things are really cheap. I mean, you think about all the the four bucks for all those uh, ball bearings, and I've put them in a bunch of bottles for last two or three years, and i am still got a bunch. Toothpicks are stupid cheap. There's a lot of things. Oh, no. Cookie says, my buddy learned that the hard way. He bought BBs, and all uh, the paints had rust. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've heard stories about that. But yeah, I just I just use my hands to shake paints and try not to make it look like I'm doing something dirty on stream or having a seizure. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of little tips like that for paints. I mean, I could see getting up like that's one of those those things where you get like the dream job or the financial windfall or whatever, getting a proper paint shaker and all would be on the list. Or if I painted more seriously, definitely on the list. I've seen some very inventive homemade paint shakers. I would probably go with a professional one, but it would have to hold Vallejo bottles. Vallejo bottles or GTFO. Oh, yeah. But still, a toothpicks or a... You need the back end of a paintbrush because I have a million crappy, oh, yeah. useless paintbrushes 
I don't throw away too many paintbrushes. Yeah, lying around here. So I has like three bristles left to the front, and I'm like, it's still got the back end useful. I used to, when I had long hair, I would use them uh, to put my hair up in a bun. So Thank yeah, you. my hair is getting longer too now, and it's weird because for for a couple years I've had it nice and short. I had a little bob, and I haven't gone to a I haven't gone to a hair cutter a barber a you know Beautician. That, that, that seems yeah. like a unnecessary risk to me yeah so I mean that's why I've been cutting my own hair I have it in a bit probably have to do it soon uh, I mean I found I out I could cut my own hair a la John yeah maybe not so much a la John maybe a la someone competent whack that just whack it off Weed whacker style. I mean, I've got a, I've got a razor that, uh, electric razor that does it. I mean, it's not, it is not as hard as I thought, but it, nor is it actually easy. But I'll be honest, I won't be paying for a lot of haircuts anymore. <laughs> when I get a buzz of the number two, I can do that at home. It's not hard. Legionnaire says, I just saw the jigsaw clamp maker uh, shaker. Considering I already own the tools, I might try that. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, why not? Like I said, yeah, if you can find one that's cost-effective, especially because, I mean, you've got elbow problems, you said, by all means. Oh, Bannon, you got lots of hair problems. We ain't going to speak of your hair problems. Like a, a lack of hair? I mean, what's, what's oh. the problem? Well, it's both a lack and an overabundance. We shouldn't really go further into it, I don't think. He takes off his shirt. Is he wearing a sweater? I don't know. I try not to be around when that happens. <laughs> Rumor has it that Sasquatch came by and said that he was taking his, his shtick. <laughs> um, AliExpress. Yeah, I would not order that. I'm looking at paint shakers just for random things. Mm, looks like the tattoo ink shakers are probably what you'd want because it looks like they would work perfectly. And it seems like they actually go for not that bad. 35 bucks, 25 bucks. I mean, wish.com I would probably not order from just because. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's an actual paint shaker. Jesus. That's way more than I would eat. Have a good night, Hinton. Thanks for hanging out for a while. Thanks for all the subs, too. Yeah, yeah thank you so much for the gift sub. Yeah, so I mean, it looks like if you if you want a paint shaker, you can probably get one for about eighty bucks. That's not horrible. That seems like a good one. I mean, it's got good ratings on Amazon. There you go. Uh, I mean, I would probably do that also when we uh, set up the airbrush station in the other room, I might do that too, just because then you got a whole other station set up. Because it's not going to be in my room. Airbrush in my room is not going to happen. Oh, geez. Yeah. We'll do it in another room and uh, so we can both have access to it. And uh, that's on our plan. That tone. I don't know if I'll ever get to uh, airbrush. I'm sure you will. Because that's downstairs. Yeah, it's nothing to do on stream, anyways, because it's, it's, it's loud. loud. 
Now, I know some people who do airbrush on stream, and it's not that bad. And it could be just the way that their mic is set up, the way their their sound is set up. Oh, yeah, you can set your uh, your mic to only pick up over that, and then you just gotta speak over it, uh, which might be difficult with headphones on unless you got to. So, I mean, you could you could set it up easily to do that, but honestly, I'm one of those. It doesn't seem like something you'd want to do on a stream. I would never probably actually paint it. Probably just all base coats and boring shit on that, you know. Hey, I need this giant knight to be, you know, half blue and half brown. Let's fucking go. Oh, yeah. And then you bring it over, and then you paint it, you know, with a brush afterwards. So. Yeah, I definitely won't be doing airbrushing on stream. I don't... This room isn't set up for that sort of thing. Yeah. At all. I'd just be happy to... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. I, I've got the oil paint thing going, and actually, I returned to acrylics this last week, or the last two weeks, I guess, uh, to work on these Reaper models and use my Reaper paints because it was, you know, in honor of the Reaper uh, Virtual Expo that mm -hmm. was happening last weekend, and I couldn't believe how immediately comfortable I felt after spending two and a half months painting with oils. Well, and it's like falling off a bike. Once you do it, you never forget. Yeah. But the oils, because it's a brand new medium and I'm so unfamiliar with it and they do work very differently than acrylics, you know, and people are always like, well, is it easy? Is it, you know, are they easier than acrylics? Uh, if if you have painted with oil paints in the past, just as a 2D painter, uh, then sure, it probably will be easier for you. But as somebody who had never, ever used oil paints, it has been a challenge. And... I feel like people need to know that if you've never ever had experience with oil paints, it's going to be a challenge. It it's been fun for me. There have been frustrations, but every single time, every day that I've used them on these busts that I'm painting, I've learned so much. And I feel like when I return to them and I finish my busts project of the the eight busts that I'm working on, I'm going to have a handle on mainly how to use them. Now, do I think I would paint like 28, 30, 35 millimeter models with them? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I know Jim can do it, no problem, but I don't know. I don't know that I could. We'll see. That's that's all in the future. It's funny, but, I feel the same know, way you feel I, about oils with assembly versus painting. Yeah. You know, it's more comfortable, you know what you're doing more, you're less tentative about things. Now, yeah. if you're if you're if you're finding acrylics just as, you know, mystifying at because at a certain point when I was starting out, I didn't know what I was doing with acrylics either. And I had used acrylics in two D painting. But I still you know I was using artist acrylics for my miniatures at the time and that was not the right tool for the job. 
when they're making paints specially formulated to be used as miniature paints uh, for acrylics, well, those actually work better, as it turns out. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's lots of people that are like, oh, yes, I paint miniatures with, with artist acrylics all the time. and barrel paints. And, or, or, <laughs> yeah, but... I remember when I first discovered a few a few games workshop paints and a few Reaper paints at the local game store and I sat down to use those and I had been looking at, at people posting stuff on Cool Mini or not. That was, you know, the forum where people would would post pictures of their painted work and you could, you know, rate it, you could vote on it and stuff. And there was some amazing work. And that's what I wanted to strive for. And I couldn't figure out how they were getting these really matte-looking paint jobs. Because all I was using was artist acrylics. And mine were all glossy and shitty. And lumpy. And uh, all lumpy, no yeah. amount of thinning my paint could get rid of the 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 slickness of these artist acrylics that I was using and, uh, and that left brush strokes, which caused things to look uneven and, and glossy. And so when I discovered miniature paints, it was a revelation. The light shined <laughs> down from the heavens. Ah. Yeah. 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 I'm actually glad that when you saw cool mini or not stuff, you were like inspired when my uh, ex-wife saw, uh, she was painting some Eldar. She saw the Eldar books. Like, I can't paint like that. I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to fucking try to paint these anymore. And she put them aside. And I'm like, but you're supposed to be inspired to try and do something, not give the fuck up. But different people react differently to seeing, uh, to seeing well, beautiful paint jobs. Some people, they just find it incredibly intimidating and, and feel like since the, since they feel like they'll never get there, what's the point? That's competitive nature. I see those amazing paint jobs, and I'm like, I will probably never get there. And I'm okay with that. But damn, that looks cool. That's my ability, and I will learn. And that looks amazing, but it's not going to intimidate me from painting it. No. Yeah. I take tips from all those people, too. Like, I have both of Angel Angel Herodes' books. Even though they're probably way above what I will end up using, I will learn something from them. Absolutely. If anything, you look at pretty artwork. I mean, yeah. It's like an art book, just as miniatures, and it's got step-by-steps. I mean, I learned a lot even from the old uh, GW books, and I loved when they started putting not just heavy metal paint jobs in there. That was one of the best ideas they made with one of those books. You know, they had one of the guys come in and just do this totally off-the-wall thing, and people were like, what the hell is this doing in there? I'm like, it's a technique. Now you get to see it's not all fucking, uh, you know, heavy metal painters and shit. I feel like that inspires people more than anything. A tech, Something achievable inspires, inspires a certain type of person that the, the quote-unquote unachievable does not. But I have issues with that. I try and inspire anyone because, honestly, you don't look at, you know, a Formula One driver and like, yeah, I'm going to be that. You're like, you're not just going to jump in and be that. you got to work. It takes time. This is artistry. You know, you can't just and, jump in and be the bomb diggity. And the people that 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 I look at as inspiration right now are people who paint 
as a as a job, they put in their 40, 50, 60 hours a week painting. That's what they do. That's the only thing they do. And so, so of course they're good at it. Yeah, I mean, I take it like a, so I'll, I'm doing an analogy. I watch this YouTube video of a guy restoring things. You may think that's just work. That's artistry to oh, take I something. I love watching people restore paint jobs. Well, not even paint jobs. This is restore like Painting. metal tools and shit. They're oh. not even painting. I like it's watching people do the restoring the metal. You don't expect to jump in and be at that level of artistry. You don't go. You're not supposed to go. I can do that right now. You're supposed to be. Wow, that takes time and dedication to do it. We we have this problem as a culture of we want it immediately. We want it now. Why can't I do it now? Why am I not the best? You know. Yep. Actually, reminds me of a scene I think from Young Sherlock Holmes. Where he's trying to play the violin and he's like, I've been playing it for two weeks. Why have I not mastered it yet? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, hey, dumbass. But anyways. It, it really boggles the mind of people who uh, who want a formula for everything. Yeah. How like, do I make it perfect like, right away? You know? Like everything is a math problem because math is math is perfect and beautiful. And you... You have a formula, and there is a result, and you always know what the result is going to be. You know, <laughs> there's and that's there's right. people that want art to be like that. They want painting to be like that, where you do this, 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 and yeah. it equals this. Um, streaming. I know a lot of people have asked me about how did you do your stream? How did you get you know the viewers? How did you do this? And I says, well, this is what we did, and they give up in like two weeks. They're like, I couldn't get people to watch and everything. I was like. We've been doing it for four years now. Yep. Yeah. This this is it doesn't happen overnight. No, it's not. No, easy. and we're still learning things about streaming and Twitch and oh yeah, I've actually and uh, social media and all that stuff. One of the guys in the uh, MechWarrior Online community does lessons, and he's like, "Hey, John, if you're interested, hit me up." You know, they're 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 very cost effective. And I might actually just take a lesson or two from him just to get some ideas that we can use for not just my Monday streams, but for all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But honestly, we have a good time. That's not what matters. Yeah. The true treasure was the friends we gained along the way. Well, it's like somebody was like, why aren't you pushing for partner? We like, we don't care. want partner. Good Lord. Respectfully, fuck Twitch. <laughs> I can't even imagine pushing for partners. That takes a lot of work and dedication. and It has to be your job. Yeah. And, and frankly, we're doing this As a hobby. for fun. Yeah. For the fun of it. We just, we enjoy being, you know, t together apart. We enjoy talking and we enjoy the people in the chat. And I enjoy painting. I'm a social painter. So... It's been fantastic for me. I get more painting done because there are people to talk to. And, it, you know, when the chat replies back, that's that's like everything to me. Yeah. You know? Like the chat's reminding us it's media time. We'll get there. Slow your roll, <laughs> son. You're late. You're late. We, we, it'll be okay. <laughs> we'll just cut one of Gonzo's 73 things he watched out and it'll be okay. Yeah, because I only watched one thing, thing and Kathy's got one thing. And I played nerd games, so. Yeah, meant to do an, another layer of, because I decided not to go with the really, really red, red rust. I wanted to go with like a, a duller. 
And go with like that Agrath Earthshade type. That looks, I actually like the way it looks. That's good. Yeah, it's just a little bit different. And then of course I'll dry brush it because it kind of have it's gonna have like a golden tint to it a bit. But I'm probably gonna do a second layer of that just to build up on that color. All right, I can switch over now. Yeah. Ow. 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 Yeah, my leg. No one told me to stretch, so my leg hurts. Oh, I'm sorry. We have to tell you the stretch? <laughs> Probably. All right, here, let me get this for you. Hey, old man. Stretch, stretch. every morning. Uh, uh, we're done? Okay. I think we're done here. Media <laughs> section. Party time. Excellent. <laughs> yes, Captain Mizzy is laughing. Captain Mizzy, I actually do get more painting done because of streaming. Well, remember, remember our upbringing in painting, so to speak, Kathy, is Battle Bunker, Hobby Table, everyone around chatting. That's that's the way we do it. Yep. That's the hardest thing about Hobby Streak is it's just me up here alone listening to music. Yep, that's, and that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Right. Now I stream, and it's like being at the bunker. It's like being at the paint bar. There's people yep. that are... You know, so you came in the store today to come chat with you. Yep. All right. Um, I have three things to talk about. Only three? God, it's just a little week for you. Yeah, well, I didn't watch a lot. Um, I was trying to get a bunch of stuff done around the house. Um, but you have to also talk about to RPGs. You have to actually talk oh, about RPGs. Oh, RPG thing, yeah. Um, so a comp several months ago. I don't remember how long. Uh, uh, Atlas Games, who is the current uh, publisher of Feng Shui, uh -huh. a playing game I use for Mediocre Trouble and the Big Easy, um, said, hey, if we make a subscription service where we get so many people, we give you guys, you know, supplements every so often, and basically you just agreed to buy them, you know, carte blanche. Just, we got it done. Here, we charge you. Go. Um. I hadn't heard anything about it since actually subscribing, which was their second email, again, months and months and months ago. They just sent an email, and apparently it's all ahead go because they have one uh, module and source book just about done, and then the next two in the works. So that's really cool. I was surprised. Uh, and also pleased. It might be a new model, you know, for those... Uh, lower tier, less known role-playing games, subscription service where they just know, okay, if we got a book, we'll have X people buy the book so we know it's worth it. So, looking forward to getting those, even though we're not playing anything right now, but uh, I just thought that was super cool. RPG books. You buy RPG books just so you can read them. Not all the time are you going to use them. <laughs> yeah. And you support the games you like because you want the games you like to stay around. Mm-hmm. Which In I'll be addition. buying. Sorry. What's that? I said I'll be buying um, Von Richter's Guide to Ravenloft. Am I going to run a Ravenloft cam campaign anytime soon? No. But do I like Ravenloft? Yep. Well, I mean, it's like if they put out a new Dragonland source book, I mean, you know, I'd buy it. Oh, that's one of the things I'm talking about this week. Even though it is probably the worst setting to try and run a game in. It's... You think so? Yeah, everything's been done. The companions did everything. You can do lots of stuff, but you will never be 
never have done anything super amazing, at least in the War of the Lands, because it's already been done. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is they did get the rights back and they're going to be writing and doing stuff. What they're going to do, we don't know yet. Uh, yeah. And what, what time frame, timeline, if they're going to make a new one, a reboot, we don't know. Uh, I think they should release the, the books and they should put some modules out or something. Those early modules were super cool. Yeah, I think, I think, because uh, I had a uh, co-worker this last week said, hey, I just got done reading all the Lord of the Rings. I'm looking for another fantasy series. And I know you're the biggest nerdy geek around in this school. So what uh, what should I do? And, of course, I sent her a list. And, of course, the top of the list was the Dragonlance Chronicles. Absolutely. I'm like, here's three books. They're easy to read. They're fun to read. They're, they're good. They obviously take inspiration from, but are not cut in whole cloth from. Correct. The uh, Lord of the Rings. And I go, and if you like that world, here's a 200 other books if you want to read them. <laughs> oh, and uh, as to Birdpunk, welcome. And yes, it is worse to run Dragonlance than Gamma World. Gamma World is an open world, so it's easier to do stuff. Dragonlance, you pretty much have to rewrite everything, which if you have fans of Dragonlance playing, will become a stickler point. People like knowing what's going on in the world, I find. Yeah. So it is very difficult. But anyways... I mean, uh, the thing me is, is it's, it's, the world is great. People get real picky on the history going, oh, well, that couldn't happen. Racing can't do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, guys, just go, go around. Let's just play in the world. We're going to blank the history. Just play in this world. Yeah, it's hard though. But anyways. So that was that. So you got your subscription service. Kathy, give us your one. Uh, are you want me to go and then you go? So actually, I was thinking I could talk about, uh, my Twitch media experiences as well this week. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, sure. Because in addition to, to spending a little time playing Valheim, I, I did on Wednesday, uh, I was on my friend Big Jim Slade's, uh, Big Jim, Big Jim Slade Gaming, uh, once a month, approximately, he will do a questionable real estate stream <laughs> and we get together a few of us in the discord chat and he will show the the properties on his stream and we will all just talk about them and uh be we'll mock them really we just <laughs> get to be really judgmental and mock the shit out of these horrifying uh questionable real estate things so we did one of those on wednesday night it's it's always on a wednesday night uh but yeah those are those are a lot of fun yeah so captain newsy and acid burn funk have, have witnessed that uh and then and then on this last friday i was again a guest at nightheart gaming uh, on their Twitch channel, Nightheart Gaming, to play Dungeons and Dragons. And they're trying something different. It's an experiment. Uh, this was my second time doing it, which is uh, like an improv, what do they call it? Blank slate. So you, you start with nothing, and the chat is basically the game master. And the person who is the game master on stream is is the one who takes who who prompts the chat and then who takes the ideas from the chat and filters that into uh the adventure 
into creating the adventure. So the chat, we had the chat in a Zoom uh, whiteboard thing to create the map of our world. They decided the theme of the adventure and they decided it was going to be a swashbuckler adventure. So we were on a ship at the beginning. Uh, the chat decided uh, a bunch of the different monsters and uh, what was happening on the different land masses, these different islands. And uh, they named the islands and they named the monsters and they named NPCs and uh, things got weird really fast, I mean, as you can imagine. Happened. And and so this is our second time. So our second time of of doing this, we we could have had the same characters. Uh, one guy, his character had been killed, and I decided that I was gonna switch my character to be an old man, a la Stumpy from Rio Bravo. For anybody who's ever seen Rio Bravo, he's like this old man with a uh, with a limp. And and he's like the quintessential old man from westerns. He's got the bristly beard, and and he talks like this. And so I spent the entire time just talking in my old man voice. And uh, and then the the other guy had this old man wizard. So I'm a fighter. I'm this old man fighter, and he's this old man wizard. We just played off each other. And uh, and the one character is a fighter cavalier, and her mount is a walrus, and the walrus is the captain of our ship. Because why not? Because why not? And uh, so, so, so this is our our blank slate campaign in uh, for Nightheart Gaming, and it's a blast. It's been fun, and so of course we didn't we didn't completely resolve our our campaign. So we have to do it again uh, after GaryCon. Because they're, they're running some events, some RPG events for GaryCon Online. Cool. Uh, but that was my, those were my, my Twitch uh, experiences this week. That sounds like a good time. So go ahead, Gonzo, and talk about your one of yours. Um, well, this one that you can actually talk about with me. Um, so I've been watching The Good Place. Uh, and getting, I'm on season three, like episode nine or ten. And uh, they were talking about the episode called uh, Jeremy Bear Me, uh, which is how the timeline works within the good place and the bad place. Um, and now I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the series a lot more than I thought I would, because uh, originally when I watched it, I was like, meh. Um, but it's gotten much, much better. Janet is still my favorite character in the entire series. Janet is amazing. I love her to death. Um, but this episode on Jeremy Bearme uh, had me laughing because, of course, this was quite a few years ago. 2000, I can't remember, at least five or six years ago uh, type thing when it was done. And Jeremy Bearme, uh, the character, I can't remember the character's name, uh, the ditzy guy, um, Jason. Um, I think is what his name is. He was like, you know, I like, you know, broadening my mind and doing things. And uh, I like, you know, uh, having things named after me. And he goes, I had a, a flu where I kissed a bat. Uh, I, may, I created a new strain of flu by kissing a bat. 
and that happened. And I went, wait a minute, wait, wait. I paused it and looked it up. And yeah, it was definitely way before the pandemic when this hit. But I was like, that was kind of weird and interesting to say on you know the show. Um, but yeah, he kissed a bat and created a new fa- flu uh, pandemic within the timeline. And I just, just kind of laughed because on Stargate, watching one of the episodes this week, they had a pandemic episode also. And, you know, I remember watching that previously and there was nothing about it. You know, it didn't hit. But now it look you look back on it and you're like, what the fuck? You know, because it kind of hits different and hits, you know, because you're you're living in it. Right. Type like type thing now. Uh, so it was just interesting. But I'm going to say oh, I'm really yeah. liking uh, The Good Place. Uh, now it's, it's almost over. I'm only got like one more season to go. Or whatever, like one and a half seasons. But it's definitely gotten better the longer it has gone on. Um, there's some good humor in it. Some good what-the-fuck moments um, type thing. And I like it that it hasn't been static either. It hasn't been set in this one section. It's actually grown and blossomed out to something besides... We're running the same plot line over and over and over and over and over. Because that's what I was worried about when I first saw it. I was like, how are they going to do this for four seasons? I really enjoyed the thread of actual philosophy that runs through the whole thing. There is actually a lot of that. There's a lot of good questioning of moral fiber in this um, that goes through the entire episodes or whatever. And it's just really interesting um, about the way they take it because they describe the different moral codes and give examples of it, too. They're like, yeah, that would have been this. And... You know, there, there's there's some, I would say, life lessons about having, uh, being a good person in there. So uh, I'm liking it a whole lot more. Uh, when I give, when I get through the entire series, I'll give a final rating, but uh, it's been a lot better. So, John. Uh, I watched Ford versus Ferrari, which is a movie I had intended to watch with my cousin in the theater, just never got around to it in 2019. And then things have been crazy since. So uh, luckily it's on HBO Max. For free if you have HBO Max, so mm-hmm. that was cool. Obstensibly, uh, it is just the tale of the 1996 Le Mans race in French, uh, where basically Ford beat Ferrari. I mean, that's a historical fact. Anyone who knows the slightest thing about it knows that. Yeah. Really, it ends up being a bit deeper, uh, more about Carroll Shelby, uh, who was a legend of automotive, automotive racing and you know, car design, and then his driver, whose name escapes me right now, who is... Uh, Kara Shelby's played by Matt Damon, and then the driver is played by Christian Bale. And I'll be honest, both of their uh, accents are very off-putting because they're not normal. <laughs> they're very good. I don't have a problem with them. But it was very off-putting. You're like, wait, what? That's not right. And of course, uh, you know... Uh, there it is. Never named a ship. That's funny. Uh, Ken Miles is the racer, uh, by Christian Bale. And basically, the whole idea is that the Ford Mobile Company is having hard times in the late, uh, early 60s, I guess, at that point. And one of the guys' idea, Lee Iacocca's idea, since he's actually a name that you'd recognize probably, played by John Berthel, who plays the Punisher, which is weird. But, anyways. Um, is to get a racing team and make Ford synonymous with winning and, you know, put the name out there, you know, like a Ferrari. People look here, Ferrari, I go Ferrari. 
Ferraris are great sports cars. Those guys win races and shit. You know, you get that sort of thing, especially back then. Uh, so they hire Carol Shelby to build a car and go to Le Mans and win. And uh, Ken Miles is uh, just a guy who's worked with him. He's sort of down on his luck, veteran of World War II. Uh, just a cool story of how they work together, uh, what they do to uh, win the race. Um, or, well, win the race, kind of. Uh, but very interesting. Uh, it's got great car scenes. It's got great overall scenes. Someone ban that fucker, please. Um, uh, I very much enjoyed it. It doesn't feel like it's two and a half hours long, but it is. So um, I definitely suggest it. It's got great acting. Except Timothy. It's great car scenes, great overall drama scenes. I, I might strike it a little bit. I struck it a little bit in my uh, overall rating. Uh, I rate things on Letterboxd, too, just to keep track of it rather than having to have a spreadsheet. I can go on Letterboxd and see what I watched. I dinged it a little bit because a couple of things were very sort of cookie-cutter see-through, and I can doubt that it actually happened that way. But overall, very well done, very good combination of drama and car racing. I mean, it could have just been a sports movie, but it actually is a bit more than that because the character interactions are interesting. Um, so I hardly said it. I'm going to give it uh, zero space herpes. It's definitely worth a watch. If you're not a huge car person, you'll probably call it a one. If you're a huge car person, it's definitely a zero. Um, check it out. I mean, great acting and just great story. And historical story. Relatively accurate. Gonzo or Kathy? Um, I watched the movie and I was really surprised that it was on because it was on HBO Max also. Um, I believe it was HBO Max. I'm pretty sure. And that was Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, oh, my God. It, that, I hate to say it, that's actually on my list. Yeah, it is on there. Um, this is, of course, of course, the movie that everybody was going to ban unless they changed Sonic to look right. And the company, the, the, the people actually changed the entire Sonic look and made it look more, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, it wasn't on HBO Max. Not? No. Uh, I'd find out where it's at then and I'll let you know. Um, but... Um, so I sat down to watch it. I had no expectations. You know, it was like definitely the Sonic that they redid looks a whole lot better. I'm not going to lie. Um, of course, the got... first one's Nightmare Fuel. The second one actually looks fine. Yeah. Second one looks fine. It's on, uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, that's probably, that's probably where I got it. Um, and Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey in this. You, you can't go wrong with this Jim Carrey. He's over the top. He's silly. He's goofy. Um, and you're not. I'm saying in this. Feel like you feel like you sort of go wrong. That's that was the big thing stopping me from watching it is Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. Um, it it was it was good Jim Carrey. It wasn't it was he was over the top, but it wasn't like, I mean, he's playing a character that really has hardly no story to begin with, and you're well, and, it, and it's a movie that well, has really no story to begin with. A million Sonic fans just cried out in anger because they know the story of Dr. Robotnik. Correct. Just but I mean, the, the the average person doesn't know anything. Um, and That's I don't even true. know. And I played all the Sonic games. But my thing is, is it has actually been, it was a good fun ride. I actually enjoyed it. There wasn't anything that was like, you know, stupid crazy. There wasn't anything that was, 
outrageous. I mean, of course, there's going to be no physics. I mean, it's a hedgehog that runs at 300 plus miles per hour that use rings to gate around the world. Come on. I'm not worried about realism on this one. Is it going to win awards? No. Is it the perfect movie? No. Is it a good, fun popcorn flick? Yes. Did I feel like I wasted my time watching it? Not at all. Um, I, the voice acting was great in it for Sonic. The special effects were great. Jim Carrey was good. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, I give it a one, if anything, because, I mean, it's just we didn't need a Sonic movie. There's no need for it. Plus a sequel coming up. I mean, it did well. It It is somehow the most successful video game adaptation. Yes. Because um, there it's is the like two after ramp- the credit scenes that set it up for a sequel. And I'm like, uh, I, you could have just left it and it was fine. But I mean, it was it was not bad. I was pretty kind of happy with it. I was uh, entertained. So oh. I, just, I, I give it a one. It was better than most things I've watched recently. <laughs> Successful. If you're entertained. That was already a success. Yeah. So it had a few laughs and a few giggles and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely was nice. Um, anybody else got anything? Kathy's still got her I bond. Do. Go for it. Yeah, I watched. Uh... Oh my God. The world is not enough. <laughs> Which one was it? The world is not enough. I skipped over the one I was supposed to watch. And, uh, I can't remember the title of right now, but... Uh, yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies. That's it. So I skipped over Tomorrow Never Dies and watched The World is Not Enough. So, of course, that means next week I have to watch uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, of course. Okay. So I think you need to start with the most... Horrible Bond pun ever was totally not worth the setup. Naming the character Christmas so you could have the pun at the end. I thought Christmas Christmas only comes once a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Yeah, see, Banyan has it. It was terrible. Yep. Literally grown worthy. Oi. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> Sorry. You know what though? That's getting back to the roots of the uh, of James Bond right there, of the, the cheesiness of the movies, and they kind of gotten away from that a little bit. I mean, not to mention the fact that what's her name is not a good cast for a nuclear scientist. Let's be honest. I mean, I mean well, yeah. As 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 an actress. Yeah, actress. <laughs> she, she's Denise Richards. Yeah, she's or whatever her last name is. She's not it's bad. It's like in watching something, Laura but... Croft be the nuclear physicist. Yeah. <laughs> and she was dressed like Laura Croft. Yeah. Minus I the gun. So. I think actually, aside from that, the rest is actually pretty good. Like I thought it was a reasonably interesting story, isn't it? The I mean, John Cleese's Q taking over. I, I enjoyed it. I was I was sad to see Desmond Llewellyn, uh, but he had his escape route thing and, and he left the show in a in a nice way. But I was sad to see him go after all those years of being Q. But yeah, of course, I love John Cleese. So, yeah, I mean, he, I don't know if John Cleese did, a, did the best job, but he did a fine job. He was enjoyable to watch. And I think that's good enough. 
He's got the snarkiness down. But yeah, um, other than that, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it feels darker other than that than a lot of the other Bond movies. Maybe that's know. just my memory. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was really any darker. I mean, certainly not as dark as uh, as the, uh, what's his face, Timothy Dalton ones. I'm sure. having trouble with names today. I'm just having trouble. <laughs> You're like me last week. <laughs> <laughs> You're like me last week. I was having trouble remembering names and such. Yeah. So, so dark like the Timothy Dalton ones. Maybe there were a, a few more serious moments, but but yeah, I don't I don't know that I would say it was any darker. I liked the submarine part. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I and it did cause me to wonder if you know what people who actually worked on nuclear subs ever thought about that. Uh, I'll ask one. Because I. I I do have friends that, you know, have have served on nuclear subs, and <laughs> it would be but interesting to their take on it. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what I what I can say. It's another James Bond, and it was enjoyable, as you know, they all have been, really. I feel like when it came out, the overall, the overall response was enjoyable but forgettable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny because I kind of feel like all the Pierce Brosnan ones are like that for me. Except for Goldeneye, it feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is maybe why I forgot about Tomorrow Never Dies until after I had already started. But World it's... is not enough. That's got such a good overall cast, though. They got a lot of names in that, and probably one of the most competent Bond girls ever. I mean, Michelle Yeoh. She's a fucking legend. Oh yeah. So but you've seen these more, all these much more recently than I have, so you can make the final judgment on that. Yeah. Well. So what do you give it? I'll- what do I give it? Uh, probably the same thing I give all of them, I guess. Maybe maybe one or two space herpes. That's, I mean, it seems fair. I mean, I, I think forgettable probably puts it into the two for me, but. Yeah. Guys, that is it for tonight. Um, we appreciate you coming and joining the podcast. Um, we will be live tomorrow with John streaming MechWarrior Online. And don't forget, yes. Kathy, Tuesday through Thursday, will be um, doing uh, her painting. And on Friday, we'll be reading. Uh, also, on Tuesday, if she uh, meets her goal, uh, she will have to read from uh, The Mouth of Madness. So make sure you check on that challenge. Um, other than that, you drop by every day to throw your channel points at uh, whatever things you want to go for. Not John's John's challenge. Throw it to John. He needs it more than I do right now. Um, (laughs) but we are actually going to send y'all to the pyro club, uh, cause they're doing their, uh, episode right now, uh, which we always do. Make sure when you go over there, send them a hi, send a bunch of radio motes, um, give a dance, give a follow, give a listen. Uh, great group of people. 
Uh, for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Good night. Night. All I hear is those commercials. Great. Exactly. <laughs> 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 <laughs>